1: All right, Hour 2, WEI Late Night. I'm Mark Dondaro with you until midnight. 617-779-0937 is the phone number. Uh, basically talk Patriots that whole first hour. We're going to get into the Celtics. I have another Patriots start real quick. Um, but on baseball, you know, hey, you suck. Figure it out. Everything baseball does, I don't know if you guys saw it. We got an email. Do you guys see that email that Ken sent about things you can't say on the air? I don't know if you got that. It was an email. It's reminding us the words you can't say on the air. Baseball makes me want to say every one of those words. Because they're just, I mean, they can't do anything right. Everything they do is, is, is is wrong, is what you shouldn't be doing, is what they shouldn't be doing. Free agency is a bore. Free agency barely exists. Their top guys sign at the last minute when nobody's paying attention. The games are too long. Okay. The the the, the outfits are too old and boring. I, I mean everything's and I love baseball. But they just need, you know, now they're gonna they're gonna parlay all of that into a lockout that's going to delay the regular season. Just so disappointing. Shorten the games, man. Shorten the games. You know, this is like to me, this is like a, a company, a business that refuses to accept cell phone technology. You know, you, this is the way we've always done it. We use the rotary. No. You can't do business like that anymore. You've you got to change. They've got to change the steroid era. The steroid era, you might take, and I love the steroid era. love the steroid era, Okay. I, you know that was my heyday of baseball. The 98 home run chase, you know, I wore the uh, Mark McGuire shirt to school like 8 days in a row, never washed it. I love that I the Griffey Jr. Bonds era, loved that era. The 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 steroid era should have been viewed as the as the turning point for the game of baseball in a good way. They could have really turned that negative situation especially when all the stuff came out that, you know, guys were cheating. They could have turned that into an extraordinary positive, and they blew it, okay? They could have said, you know what? The game got all jacked up during this stretch of time anyway, records, this, that. It wasn't real. It was fun, but it wasn't real. We can change the game and make it more consumable and approachable for today's fan. Make it faster, shorten the amount of games or innings or whatever, to speed the game up, to make it more fast-paced, to make it more digestible, to make it jive better with today's society, and how everything is fast at your fingertips. Because that steroid era, and when it happened, right before the dot com boom, was the perfect time. If somebody was thinking, if there was some innovative th- minds back then in the in park. Uh, Avenue or wherever the offices are. You could have done some things that really could have benefited the game going into the new century at the turn of the the millennium there, and they didn't do it. They blew it. And now, with this guy leading the way, they're never going to change, you know, and they're just going further and further away from where they need to be. And to top everything off, they're going to have a lockout. They have had the lockout. Now they're going to delay the regular season. And it's a shame. It's a global game. You've got stars from Asia. You've got stars from Latin America. You've got stars from America. You've got all this opportunity, and you, you've done nothing with it. And the game has gotten further and further. And we used to talk about Mike Trout needs to be more visible. <laughs> like Mike Trout's going to be able to save baseball. It's a joke. They've become a joke. I love baseball. I'm rooting for baseball. But it's a shame that they cannot find a way to get out of their own way. I hope they find a way to get at least the season somewhat close to being on time. Um, so here's, I'm going to go back to the Patriots real quick, and then we're going to talk about the Celtics after this next, the trending that will come up in about 10 minutes. Um, the, the only other thing I just want to say, because some of the text line is is going down this road, And maybe this is my fault for not considering this. I mean, I haven't considered this. A lot of people are understandably, I guess, concerned because of Mac Jones and where he is in his career. He's going into his second year. Now, he said that having a different offensive coordinator is not going to bother him. He's used to the change. He's used to adapting. All things I want to hear. But a lot of people are concerned that if Mac Jones doesn't have some stability, or, heck, some talent, coaching him directly, quarterbacks, coach, offensive coordinator specifically, he's going to regress. You know, he'd be at risk of regressing. That's a big concern. I don't know, but I haven't been concerned about that. Should I be? I I mean, I, I just don't think when you have the greatest coach of all time, That should be a concern, right? I mean, hello, greatest coach of all time. The quarterback shouldn't regress. Now, maybe he won't achieve his full potential if you can't get him somebody to throw the ball to. That's fair. But he shouldn't regress, not with Bill Belichick there. I don't care that his background's in defense. He shouldn't regress. We should, at worst, see the Mac Jones we saw last year. At worst. So I haven't gotten real up in arms or worried or lose sleep at night because I'm worried Mac Jones is going to be worse next year than he was this past year. That can't happen. And I know they're going to have more. You know, other teams will have more tape and more film on them, blah, blah, blah. It shouldn't happen with the GOAT head coach. It can't happen. So how do you get him some weapons? I think that was a poll question on WEI.com yesterday or on Twitter. How is Bill Belichick going to go about getting him some weapons? Will he prioritize getting Mac Jones some weapons? I think he will. I think he will. I don't think he is going to re-sign J.C. Jackson, and I think he is going to go prioritize getting Mac Jones some weapons. That's what I think. I'd also like to believe he has a vested interest because he did let Tom Brady get away. However you want to phrase it or categorize it, he let Brady get away. Brady got away. Brady's no longer, you know, now he's retired, but he went down to Tampa for two years, had two very prosperous seasons, won a Super Bowl and almost won an MVP. Won a Super Bowl MVP, didn't he? You guys, he won the Super Bowl MVP last year, Ethan, you remember? I think he did. Brady, I mean... This is what Bill Belichick seemingly wanted. He wanted a new quarterback that could continue, you know, continue the tradition. And he got one. He did well getting Mac Jones. But I just think you got to help him now and take another step in that process. I think he will. I think. He understands that he wants Mac Jones to succeed, obviously. Not just so the Patriots win games, so he looks good because that's the guy he drafted. That's his, you know, last Tom Brady, if you will. He's not going to hopefully draft another quarterback. I hope not. So, if that's the case, I think he's going to be extremely motivated to get Mac Jones some help. Which means he's not going to be motivated to keep J.C. Jackson. How he gets him the help, that's up for debate. I think he's going to do two things. I think he's going to sign a guy. I think he's going to draft a guy. I don't think you can do what you did with the tight end position, even though I want them to, because I don't think you're going to have the cap. You're not going to have the money to do that. I think he's going to identify one guy he sees as a fit at receiver. Despite the fact that other guys are under contract, I still think you have to bring in talent. That makes me more nervous than Mac Jones regressing. Bill Belichick saying, well, these guys are under contract, we're good. And not going out and trying to enhance that position from a talent perspective. You know, another reason, and I haven't crunched all the numbers, another reason I want you to get rid of J.C. Jackson, because if you have to cut Nelson Aguilar and eat that money, you'll have more of an opportunity to do so, you'd think, if they don't give J.C. Jackson a Brinks truck. That's what I'm saying. You you need the flexibility to go out and get pieces on offense. It would be better if he could do it through the draft. I think that would make a lot of things, um, you know, that would make a lot of people happy. That would make a lot of things seem much uh, better and more, I don't want to say productive, but you would be essentially killing two birds with one stone. You'd be getting the talent, and you'd be taking an albatross off the board, By proving that you can draft a wide receiver and a good one. That's why I think he's going to do one and one You'd also get a guy for cheaper money if you can draft. Draft two wide receivers. I don't care. You've got to do things that will help you enhance that position. I think he's going to draft. I think he's going to try to sign someone. My guess would be. He tries to sign somebody not maybe the marquee guy in terms of free agent wide receivers, a a level B guy, you know, one of those second-tier type guys, and I think he's going to go hard in the draft. First-round pick, second-round pick, wide receiver. First-round pick, third-round pick, wide receiver. That's how I think Bill Belichick will approach it. He's not going to go tight end. He's not going to go running back. Maybe could go offensive line, but you're never a guard away. Get a wide receiver. Do it. Find it. Find a way to do it. Find a way to talk to somebody. Consult. Do something that will make you more productive than you've been at getting wide receivers in the draft. Because if you can do it, you will kill two birds with one stone. You'll have a playmaking talent for Mac Jones, a la what the Bengals did this year. Now, I know they were drafting at five. But this is a deep wide receiver class. You have options. You can get a playmaking talent. And while you're at it, maybe analyze or review that offensive game plan. That Not the game plan, but the offensive philosophy and the program and figure out why more wide receivers that you've drafted haven't been more productive for you. Maybe with Josh McDaniels leaving, this is the time to do something like that. I'm not saying overhaul the whole system, but maybe you can analyze it a little bit and tweak areas you think held wide receivers, young ones specifically, back in this offense and didn't allow them to thrive. Because that certainly was the case with guys you've been drafting since, I don't know, Dion Branch outside of maybe a flash from Malcolm Mitchell. You've got to find a way to change that narrative and to get back in the game in that regard. Draft them, get them for cheaper money, have them come in hungry with something to prove, and they'll can. Le- you know, they listen to Mac Jones, not that a veteran wouldn't, but they will come in, they will be enamored by Mac Jones' presence and his veteran to them, his veteran leadership, and you will have a talent at low cost and somebody that can help Jones fulfill his potential. Then you go from there and build up the defense, which you have proven you can do. It all comes back to the draft. This is W.E.I. Late Night.
3: The home for Sox fans. Now,
0: here's what's trending on W.E.E.I.
1: Trending now on W.E.I. and W.E.I. Tom Brady already has something in the works in retirement. Brady will produce and star in a football-themed road trip movie. It is titled Eighty. Brady, Jane Fonda, and Sally Field will be a part of the cast, reportedly based on a true story. C's head coach Emei Udoka said this afternoon that Robert Williams and Marcus Smart are both expected to play Thursday night against the Brooklyn Nets. Celtics playing their first game on Thursday after the All-Star break. The Boston Bruins visit the Seattle Kraken on Thursday night. Brad Marchand. His six-game suspension is over. He was not present at practice this afternoon but is expected to rejoin the team on Thursday. Marshan has been out dealing with a family matter per Bruce Cassidy. And Major League Baseball and the Players Association met once again today. The two sides have until February 28th to get a deal done in order to start the season on time and one score to report tonight. The Providence Friars... Get it done once again. The number 11 Providence Friars. 99-92 over Xavier in triple overtime at the dunk. The Providence Friars, baby. They're going to try to not go one and done in the the NCAA tournament. Providence, 99-92 over Xavier. That's what's trending now on WEI
0: and WEI.com.
3: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: All right, back here on WEI late night 617-779-0937. Celtics back in action tomorrow night as they kick off the second half of the season against the Brooklyn Nets. Sort of. Um, you know, the Nets are gonna have nobody of note on the on the court. James Harden gone. Ben Simmons. Personal, probably not playing. Kevin Durant, knee out. Kyrie Irving, vaccine mandate, not playing. Joe Harris, ankle out. So the Celtics should win again by 100 points. You know, the the Celtics, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited about the second half of the season. Am I over the moon? No. Should we be optimistic? Yes. Should we raise the bar? Sure. But should we really change expectations? No. I think raising the bar and changing expectations are two different things. I I, I don't think we change the expectations. Now, maybe I'm staring at data that is telling me to change the expectations. You know, when the Celtics have that starting lineup out there, now they're not that deep. They go about seven deep, maybe eight if you want to count Grant Williams. But the Celtics are dominating statistically in a lot of different ways. Their starting five of Jason Tatum is from a Chris Gasper article in The Globe today. Starting five of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, and Robert Williams. They sport the best net rating, 6.9, of any five-man lineup in the NBA that has played more than 20 games together. They're an aggregate plus 159 for the season. The lineup is also 17 and 6, 739 winning percentage. The only team, the only NBA team with a better winning percentage for the entire season is the Phoenix Suns 48 and 10. Look, they went on a 9-game winning streak. They lost a tough game to the Pistons, a game they should not have lost. Although they didn't have Marcus Smart or Robert Williams in that game, that happened, what was it, a week ago tonight, right before the All-Star break. I am happy that this team found a way to play better. I mean, they found something. That's not nothing. They found something that is going to be good for them, obviously. That's going to serve them well going forward. But there's just more to do. Because what the the thing they have not proven, still, after the nine games, turning it around, you know, they've still found ways. They've throttled teams. They've won against good teams. Terrific. That will serve them well. Like I said, not nothing. But until they find a way to win close games and then find a way to win close games against good teams – they're just going to be the team that we've been frustrated by all season long. Those traits will resurface. They will reemerge and they will find a way to come back and haunt the Celtics. I mean, you have to find a way to do those things. The, Celtic, the Celtics need, you know, could they use another guy? I know Carl Anthony Towns during the All Star game. We all saw him kind of slide into the picture with uh, whoever was there, Jason Tatum, and all the Celtics legends. Paul Pierce was like, "What's going? What? WTF? You want to be a Celtic? You know that would be great. I'd be for that, obviously. But even that, I'm not. That's not even enough. I mean, t- you need the talent. You do. It's the NBA. You need the talent." But what you need, in addition to the talent, is the moxie, is the heart, is the, the dog within guys that, are, that enable them to close out games late in the fourth quarter. You know, you need that metal. You need to be a hard-nosed, tough, gritty bunch. That's the type of team that wins championships in basketball. You know, the Celtics were that type of team in 2008. The Lakers weren't. The Lakers were soft. Vujić or Redmanovic, I mean, all those guys. Vujicic, that was his name. Ray Allen blew by him. They were soft. They couldn't win. You know, those types of teams never win. Never win in the NBA, it feels like. Soft, offense. You, you know, you've got to, outside of maybe, And I wouldn't even call them soft with Draymond Green. The the Warriors obviously rode their shooting. But you just, you know, Giannis, guys like that, LeBron, Giannis. They're the ones that win. The rough riders that can get to the hole, that can absorb the content. Those are the teams that win. They're not afraid in the late game situations. I can't believe I'm saying that in association with LeBron James. But compared to some of the performances from the Celtics, that's what the deal is. That's what's going on. And it just hasn't been good enough. Let's talk to uh let's talk to Sean who wants to talk about the MLB lockout. Sean, what's going on, man? Hello and uh good evening. Thanks
2: for taking my call. Good evening. Yes, uh with the MLB. Yeah, the MLB lockout, um, I'm sure you've heard of it, that they have till February 28th to hopefully get a deal done uh, from what I've read from my sources. But I will say this, I don't see it happening. I feel like, in my opinion, we are going to lose regular season games, unfortunately. I hope we have a season, but it may not be 162 games. But I will tell you this, time is
1: running out. They're running out of options. Time is running out for what, shot. I'm just like, what's the end game there? The end game, you know what it is?
2: I'll tell you what it is. It's Manfred and the owners. I'm still just disgusted with them because they, I blame it on them. They, it seems to me, they don't even care about baseball. It seems like you could, you know, blah, 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 talk all you want. And the fact is, is that they seem to not care. I feel bad for the players and for the minor leaguers. Minor leaguers should
1: deserve to be paid because they work their hearts out to get to that next step. I agree. I appreciate the call, Sean. I agree with what he has to say. I I mean, well said. Um, I do put it on the owners. It's a shame for the minor leaguers. I do think that the season is going to be delayed. I don't think they're going to get the deal done in time. And that's a shame. Because this is a sport that, you know, I played this sport through college. I love this sport. You know, it used to be my favorite sport. And I still believe, like I was alluding to earlier, I still believe the product is there. You have the stars in the game that could really, you know, captivate some people if they're exposed to it in the right way. I I think baseball is going to find a way one day to come back. I don't know how or who's going to lead it there, but I do feel like it's going to come back. I do think it could be seen and viewed as cool again. But you cannot have this. You can't do that not now where the where the narrative about baseball is a it's just a running joke. I mean, too many people I mean, go ask somebody that doesn't even know about baseball and they'll tell you, yeah, yeah, baseball is boring. Boring to watch. You've never even seen a baseball game, but it's boring. They just know it. That's what everyone thinks. And I'm not saying it's going to take over the NFL again. You know, like like it was in, I don't know, 1995 or three or whatever. But there are things they could do to make it more approachable and more exciting. You could do things. You could change it. Forget about the records. You know the records don't mean anything anymore. Nobody's going to hit seventy-three home runs. It's not going to happen. Some of those records are gone. You know you'll set a new bar. You know so what if nobody if you change the amount of games and nobody can can get three thousand hits anymore. So what? You'll find a new bar. Maybe it's one thousand hits. You know. Every, you know. Maybe you just change it up. There, there will be. That is something that is not going to ruin the game. It'll be an adjustment. I mean, have it. Have it every player miked up every night. I would. I would almost take a page out of college baseball and play just on the weekends. Like college baseball. You play one to you play you reduce the amount of games you play on the weekends. You the Red Sox will play the Yankees once at home, once in New York. That's it for the whole season. We spend all week talking about the big matchup that weekend. You'd have three starters the Friday, Saturday, Sunday starters. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. It's got to change. Six one seven, seven seven nine zero ninety three seven. Just like the Celtics, they need to change. They need to start winning some of those close games. I I mean, I find myself still optimistic about what's going on. I do. I mean, I love... I've been all year saying, do not give up on Tatum and Brown. You do not trade them. And I do believe that they found... I, I don't think this is just a flash in the pan, hot streak, you know, where they're going to revert back to being the team they were and it's going to be everybody's frustrated every night. I mean earlier in the season, I was legitimately tuning into the Celtics games just to see how they were going to lose that night. I was captivated by it. I'm not going to, I'm not doing that anymore. Now I'm tuning in because I want to see how they're going to win. I think they can really I do think they found something. That will work, and that they'll be able to go back to and keep leaning on as they go forward here and win games by doing so. So that's a nice change of pace. But we all know what the playoffs are about. The playoffs are about winning close games against good teams. And guess what? It only gets harder the more you see that team. A five, six, seven game series. You know, that gets harder. The team knows you. They know all your tendencies, all your plays, all the things you like to do that you don't like to do. All the game planning sort of gets thrown out the window. You know what I mean? It gets thrown away because everybody's seen everything by game six of the series. That's when it comes down to just player versus player. And you have to be the guy that either wants it more or can just dig a little deeper and find a way to get it done because you're not going to surprise anybody at that point. And you're going to be playing a good team with a good defense that's well-prepared. That's where the players come through. That's where the best players, that's why the NBA is a superstar league because of that. They have to find a way to turn that around. That is when I will be really impressed and I will be really geared up for a playoff run when I start to see that, when I start to see some close games happen and fall in the favor of the Celtics. Some big wins and some close games. Because there's, you know, there's some good teams in the East, but it's not you know there's no there's no death star there's no juggernaut there are teams that you could face that you could beat because i'm thinking you know at first a few years ago we used to talk about how the next step for the celtics naturally was getting to the nba finals well that bar came way down now if we raise it up a little bit it would probably be winning a playoff series making the playoffs yeah that's where it was in November, or whatever, December, during the midst of that joke of a run where they couldn't I mean where they lost every which way imaginable. now I think if they can win a see I'm not talking about the playing game. if they can win a series, that would make me happy. That's what I'm interested in. Can you win a series? That's what I'll be interested in seeing tomorrow night. And if they find a way to get into a close game tomorrow night, I don't care if the Nets have nobody. Find a way to win it. That's step one. Even if the if the team you're playing has nobody and it's a a, raw, a completely depleted roster, find a way to win that game. Start with that. Then find a way to win that game when there are better players on the court. That's what I'm going to be looking for when the Celtics get back here to the second half of the season. You know, I, I in terms of uh, just going back to some of the stuff with the Patriots, I, I, you know, I've been saying all along, this is a funny thought, that I, I've been saying all along I've been more optimistic about the Patriots than the Celtics. I feel like that might be changing. And I, I'm not. I definitely didn't become prisoner of the moment of that nine game win streak. But I don't know. Something, I, you know, something's vibing for me on the Celtics. I don't know if it's Rob Williams. I don't know if it's Derek White. I, I, something's working. And I, I just think that the Celtics upside is real, and. If they can figure out this one piece, this one end of game thing, where Jason Tatum needs to be a little better, Jalen Brown needs to be a little better, if they can figure out that one thing, I think there could they could be right there. They could be one piece away, one player away, one matchup away. If they get, if it falls right for them in the playoffs, I'm optimistic. You know, not that I – things could change with the Patriots. It's just been so long since Bill Belichick has had a productive draft and gotten a guy at the wide receiver position in the draft. It's hard for me to be too, you know, positive on that front. Just this. Because I can't – I just can't envision it happening. Free agent signing? Sure. But I don't think that's what this team needs most right now. I think they really need Belichick to hit on a draft pick and to get him at a cheaper price and to put him with Mac Jones for the long haul. Let them grow together. Let them come up together. I think that's what the Patriots need most. And I think that's if there is one need. You look around the landscape of the Boston sports scene. Bruins, Red Sox, Celtics, that's probably the biggest need of all the teams. You need to get a receiver. You need to get a weapon for Mac Jones. And the fact, honestly, that we're debating anything else is comical to me. J.C. Jackson, I'd love to keep him. It's just not worth it. You've got to go get something else. You've got to go get another guy. You've got to get a player that can help Jones ascend, and you take your chances with the secondary You also have some other ascending guys in the secondary, maybe not corners, but you've got some ascending guys. How about first-round wide receiver, second-round corner, third-round wide receiver? And then make one big free agent signing because you didn't sign J.C. Jackson? Go get Grady Jarrett. Put him and Judon on the same defensive line. You have to trade for him. Falcons could be willing to give him up based on the numbers he put. He's, he had a bad year last year, a year that's not up to his usual standards. 29 years old, that'd be a guy I'd be interested in. Get him, Judon, Barmore. That would be ferocious. You'd be able to, you know, he makes a lot of money, but you'd be able to, that would lessen the blow of losing a guy like Jackson. You try to suppl- You try to replace him with a draft pick? That would excite me. But nothing would excite me as much as getting a guy that could actually help Mac Jones and hitting on him, ideally, in the NFL draft. This is WEI Late Night. All right, back here at WEI Late Night. Did a lot of talk about the Patriots tonight. J.C. Jackson, specifically. You know, it's a bummer. It's a bummer that the Patriots aren't in a position to need a guy like that. And I know that sounds weird. They always could use that guy, but they just, the team is not in a spot where that guy is going to help them get to where they, they need to go. They need to build from the quarterback out. Frankly, I you know, I can't believe we've debated this across the region as much as we have. I mean, when you look at the football, you know the NFL and where football has gone in the last five years, especially. This is an easy, easy solution. You've got to get. You've got to equip Jones with the talent. And I don't think it should even be a consider. They should have known from the. They should have known from the second J.C. Jackson said no thanks to that contract offer during the season. That they were moving on. That was as low as they were going to go. They were going to see if he wanted it right then and there. Maybe get an immediate raise. Otherwise, thank you. Paying $17 million to franchise tag him makes no sense to me. You're the Patriots coming off the 2006 loss to the Colts in the AFC Championship game? Hell yes. You franchise tag Asante Samuel. You're right there. You know, you are right there. You don't think you can afford him. You don't want to really spend, you know, a lot of money on a guy that you've had and you feel like maybe his best years are behind him, which I'm not saying is the case for J.C. Jackson. What I will say, though, is a lot of times these corners who pop, and Jackson is popped. I mean, he's calling himself Mr. I.N.T., you know, these things – He's creating nicknames, which I also doesn't think bode well for him. Um in terms of coming back to the Patriots. You know, negotiating the contract through the media, not a great scenario. Usually that doesn't work out. Um but I just don't think that I I just don't think that at this time That's their top priority. That's where they need to be going. That's where they need to be putting their resources. I don't think so, especially when you look at the list of the top cornerbacks in terms of who's paid the most money. Two of the names in the top ten are on the Ravens, didn't make the playoffs. Two of the names in the top ten are on the Dolphins, didn't make the playoffs. Actually, they were behind you in the division, even though they did beat you twice. One name on the list in the top ten was on the Bengals. And the entire narrative leading into the Super Bowl was that the Bengals had no playmakers on defense. Well, then what are you paying Trey Waynes for all this money? The top guy, the highest paid corner in the league right now, Jalen Ramsey, who did everything humanly possible he could do to lose the Super Bowl for the Rams. They got away with it. They won in spite of his horrific play. But at least if I'm the Rams, I know why I made him the highest paid corner. Because I was close. They were close. So they got a guy that they felt could help put them over the top. The first guy they thought that could help put them over the top, put them over the top. Okay, and that was, that was Matthew Stafford. So when you look at some of these teams, you know, that would increase the motivation of some of these teams this coming year to go get it done in terms of going out and getting a quarterback to fix that problem. The Steelers. The Bucks. You know, teams that are close. You would think the Tennessee Titans would be on that list. They'd be on that list for me. You put Aaron Rodgers on both of those two teams in the AFC, the Titans or the Steelers, they might become the favorite in the conference. They might. might. I, I think the Steelers would with their defense. Now you got Flores on their defensive staff too. The Titans, you could make an argument for them. They were the number one seed this year. I mean, we'll see what happens in the draft for some of these teams. Free agency, it's still too early for any of that type of discussion. But on its surface... You put Rodgers on either of those teams, they're Super Bowl favorites. At least in the AFC. You know, they're right there. And if you look at what the Rams did, you should be even more motivated. All of those teams that are close, semi-close. Now, I don't even think the Patriots are semi-close. Would I rather the Patriots be... And, you know, we'll have to talk about this more a little bit, I guess, on Friday. But now that I think about it, would I rather the Patriots be the Patriots or would I rather the Patriots be the Tennessee Titans? It's an interesting question. Because the Titans, on one hand, they have a a roster that's really good and they have the weapons that are Super Bowl worthy. Henry, running back. But you've got A.J. Brown. You've got Julio Jones, who's still not – you know, out of the league bad. He wasn't what he was, but he's still good. Or would you rather be the Patriots with this young, promising quarterback? Because obviously that quarterback doesn't exist in Tennessee. I'd rather, I think I'd rather be the Patriots. I'll think about it more over the next 48 hours before I'm back on Friday, but I think I'd rather be the Patriots. Just because... You need the quarterback, and the and the Titans don't have it. Now, could they go out and get one of these guys, Russell Wilson? Sure. And then they would be a Super Bowl contender, legit, top of the heap. But you don't know if that's going to happen. So where I'm sitting right now, and they already blew it once with Brady. I would say I'd prefer the Patriots situation because I do really believe in Jones. They do have some other pieces, and they still have the best coach in the world, you know, the best coach of all time. Until further notice, he just needs to get his team and himself in position to apply some of those concepts that made him the best coach of all time, like when he had Tom Brady. I know that's a tall order, but you're only the best coach if you can play to your strengths and do the things that made you the best coach of all time. All right, Ethan, Ben, thanks, boys. Good stuff. I'll be back on Friday. Have a
0: good night. Thanks
1: for joining. This is WEI Late Night.